Success is yours to find and yours to define. But there's often times where you don't know what to look for or even what to do. That's where we come in. Welcome to the Get Your Grind Up podcast. Home of the young, dedicated, up and coming, motivated, and bold. We gathered the future leaders and success stories of our generation to share their blueprints on how they get it done. Best part is, they're just like you and me, so there's no reason you can't too. So, get your grind up. Uh, but we want to even take this view even further because um, we've taken uh, a look at your, your journey so far. And with your loading bar, we're not even halfway there yet. Um, but if, if this is something that's, uh, that you can do, give us a little insight on what 100% looks like for you. Man, I mean... I mean, in terms of in the industry, I think what 100% would be would be in a position where I feel content of what I'm doing in a position that uh, is beyond my wildest dreams. I think, I think the great thing about all this and what I've been able to have been able to achieve is that that unpredictable, that unpredictable notion. I mean, I... I, I didn't expect myself to go to to England literally this time a year ago and and go to the Copa America in Brazil. I, I didn't expect that. I, I, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I never thought it would happen. So in the end, you just don't know. I think uh, I think all the great people that work in in the great industries um, around the world are are content of what they do, but they always want to achieve more. I, I don't think anyone could stop. I, th- I think you look at, you know, you, 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 you use a soccer reference, for example, you look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, a player that grew up from poor backgrounds, you know, skinny kid from Portugal going to Manchester United and, and essentially transcending himself into the best player in the world. And then one of the greatest players in the history of the sport, but he still wants that challenge. He still has that drive and that hunger to achieve more because he, he won't stop until he does it. So it's, it's that. I, I think once I'm in a situation where I feel settled um, from a professional and even a personal level and you know I, I can go in with a smile and be content of what I'm doing and, and be able to reach out and to help other people um, in what I do and what I love – I think that's where that bar becomes loaded. But for now, you don't really think about what you when you want that to be loaded. You you work your way into how that could be loaded, and then I, I guess after a bunch of thinking and and when you're actually settling down, maybe that just comes to you. So, it, in in short, I don't know what it could be, but I'm confident that it will achieve and it will happen sooner rather than later. I love that, man. So I'm going to go off of that, your Ronaldo reference. I'm a Ronaldo guy. Gary's a messy guy. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Who you'll, you'll, be, <laughs> you'll be the guy who breaks the tie here. Um, who do you feel will go down higher rated in history? Well, I saw both at the start. I mean, I saw Manchester. I saw Cristiano start at Manchester United um, uh, back in 2004. Five, even though he made his debut three, two years beforehand, but 
and he's a wonderful player. I mean, he's he's, he's going to go down as one of the greatest. I think he he's a player that works very very hard to achieve what he was able to achieve, and he did that on, on pure determination and hard work and, and not giving in. And, and he's passionate. But uh, I think also, and I'll be I'll keep with my South American bias as well. I think given that uh, I, uh, Barcelona was the first team that I enjoyed watching as a kid. Um, the days when Ronaldinho was on the team and when Samueletto was on the team, and, and then this young, Arch, this fast Argentine player comes into the scene and and just amazes me in his talent. And then he he does that with Argentina, and then, and then seeing him week in week out, I I think. For me, the player that I was grateful to watch for the for the majority of my careers, and, and they're both fantastic players, but I think for me, the player that has transcended, and I think will maybe go down in history more, and for sheer talent, for goal scoring opportunities, for for everything that he amazes you and just makes you feel like you know you're seeing something that's from another planet and and out of something out of a, out of a video game or, or something I, I'd, I'd pick Lionel Messi uh, all day see honestly beforehand I would have loved to hear that and don't get me wrong I do agree with you I'm team Messi even though I'm at heart at my absolute core I'm a United fan I can appreciate the greatness uh, that Messi produces but as, you know, Ronaldo's transitioned away from Real, I've kind of looked at him through a, a different lens and um, learned to appreciate what he's done as well. Um, just taking, his, taking a look at his numbers strictly at Real, they're stupid. They're absolutely insane. 400-plus goals, things like 450-something goals and 430-something games. Ridiculous. Ridiculous numbers for a, a player of, of his stature. Even Messi hasn't even put up more goals than uh, games at this point in his time with Barcelona. So incredible to him. But I, I think at this point, I'm over the Messi Ronaldo comparison, and I just appreciate both for the the greatness, absolute greatness that they are. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the case. I think we we take it for granted um, the level of talents that we have in this in in this era. You know that we maybe haven't been able to see players like Pele or Maradona or or original Ronaldo or Zidane or anyone else as well. I think the fact that you have these two players at the peak of their powers scoring over a thousand goals, winning multiple titles uh, for their clubs, and, and will go down in history that. You know, I think the bickering of who's better um, is pointless. I think you, I think it's going to take a long time. And you know, there's all comparisons: the new Messi, the new Ronaldo's with players like you know Mbappe, Joao Felix, and, and players like that. But I think once we realize that uh, that when, when their time is gone and they don't play anymore, there's going to be a big void in the sport that oh, yeah. will take various, various various years if not decades to to recover agree yeah i think it's gonna be weird when because messi ronaldo and lebron james are all really gonna retire probably like around the same age and i feel like we live in this weird time that we're seeing like the best of the best in both of those sports mm. and they're gonna be leaving the sport at like the same time and it's gonna be like you said a really weird void when they unfortunately have to leave the game. 
honestly, I'll one-up you there because we don't forget we also have um, superstars like if we go to golf, we have Tiger who's likely going to retire soon uh, at the, the pace he's going. We have, um, you know, tennis players, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, um, all these incredible, incredible superstars. Serena um, Williams. There's never been a, a tennis star like like she is, um, but they're all coming to their coming to their close within the next five to five to eight years for most of them. We know LeBron's going to retire once Bronny gets into the league. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I don't know what we're going to do at that point. We start to to check out the the ones that are standing out right now and, and and recognize their greatness because who knows who knows maybe those new players will so in in the way of how technology is advanced and how athletes are are evolving every other day maybe those type of players maybe big maybe will invo- will will surpass those guys. It's tough. Do you it, it, think so? Because it's weird. It's weird because like Messi, Ronaldo, right? They've literally won the Ballon d'Or yeah, right. besides what last year, I think, right? With Luka Modric. Absolute crap for Luka. Right. And like if you look at LeBron James, like honestly, if it wasn't biased, right. he probably should have won MVP every mm-hmm. single year too besides probably last year. Um, and I don't think there's been a sort of reign in any sport. I mean, same with Serena Williams too, um, where there's been like one or two people who have literally dominated it for 10 plus years. Cause even if you put R nine or Zidane or Dino into the conversation, they've only really won it like once, maybe twice. Right. Whereas these Ronaldo Messi, it's literally just their names for the past 10 years besides last year. Well, I think it's the perception. I think it's just, you know, who else has really surpassed them? And, you know, I, th- I think it's just the bar that has just been so high now on these players that we, we expect them to put up 40, 50 goals a season. You know, we expect them to, to achieve that just because the bar is so high. And in a way, you can even say that, that they're, <laughs> they are a victim of their own success mm-hmm. at times. No, agreed. Um, but, but transitioning more into back into the soccer realm here, there's, there's a lot going on in, in the soccer world. Uh, but one thing that I, I can appreciate and I'm sure Justin can appreciate as well is uh, the culture behind soccer. Um, and in, ingrained in that, depending on where you are geographically, soccer means a little something a little bit different to you, uh, but they're all different pieces of the same whole. Um, and for, for example, what soccer means to someone in Europe, um, as opposed to someone in the Americas, um, is slightly something a little different and you've had the, the pleasure to experience both. Um, so would you be able to share a little insight on what you think the differences, um, are between, um, soccer in the Americas and, uh, soccer in Europe? Well, I think in the Americas, I think just because we have um, a culture of sports that have been there way before soccer really exploded, and I would say that exploded. Yeah, you had your boom in the 70s when Pele came to the Cosmos, but eventually that folded. But I'd say that boom started 1994 when the World Cup was hosted, and it's been going on ever since. But even then, you had traditions of of basketball, of baseball, of the NFL, of football, uh, tennis, golf. Which is our which is our sport? That's the one that, that we're good at. 
I think with soccer, I, I, ju- I just think that because the game started over there in in Europe, you know, England obviously was the first one to invent the, the modern rules of the game. It spread it across Europe, then it head into as a, as a sport of the high class. Then it moved all the way to other, you know, uh, developing countries across the world and, and saw that as a sport to, to unify. Um, you know, I, I think the culture here is just, you know, we have so many great sports and, and the fact that, you know, we can call soccer, you know, our, our own sport as well. And it's, it's increasing. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that, you know, there are people that only view it because of the world cup every four years, which I think now has just been a, a stereotype more than anything because I think there's more than just than just soccer like that. I mean, it, it happens everywhere. It happens in Europe. It happens in South America. You know, it's not like on a, on a set season of the, the NBA that starts from fall to, to summer or the NFL that starts from fall to, to winter or anything like that. Um, it, it happens year long. It happens year long and it, it doesn't matter if it's MLS, doesn't matter if it's teams in the Champions League or in the Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, anything like that. I think the culture over there in Europe, I think, from what I've been able to experience, is just, it's it's their life. It really is. I think it's something that is ingrained to their to their life. I think, um, you know, you, you go, you, you look forward to going to a game on the weekend and then, you know, that Monday when you're in the office speaking to your friends, and then, you know, People do small talking and say, "Oh, how's the weather?" Or you know, did you see what Trump said? Or or something like that. You know, these people would you know argue about a sport result. If you know, if a foul was a foul, if VAR would needed to be used, if a penalty was a penalty, uh, why is this guy not scoring? Why is this guy scoring and these guys aren't? What's wrong with the defending? Is this goalkeeper too too um, too paranoid, that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's ingrained in their life. I think that's exactly it. And they, they, they see it as an escape more than anything from the, the outside world, from you know, the troubles that you might get um, in, in your professional career. They see this as a, as a way of, of unifying, as a way of, you know, when people say it's a religion. Um, that's, <laughs> that, that, that they aren't wrong there. They see it as a unifier. They see it as, as something that allows people to share common passions and to, and to enjoy it, to, know, to believe, to dream, and sometimes to feel disgust and belief because a team has done badly. But that, that joy, you know, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, as um, Jim McKay once said, uh, back in the 70s it's that kind of thing and i think here in the states i think we haven't hit that yet but i'm cons- I, I think now just because the sport has been popular and i think the fact that we have so much access here to watch the sport it's incredible and, and people in europe you know i've spoken to them they said that you know they would die to have that type of coverage we have here in the united states and, and we take it for granted um you know the fact that we could watch you know eight games at the same time, you know, just turning on your TV or your computer or your phone or your iPad or, or anything, really. And it's there. It's there all live and and there to, to consume it. I think that's that's where we see it. The fact that we have this consume culture that is allowing us to to be able to become more fan, uh, more of a fan of the sport and to tolerate it more. Um, whereas the Europeans have their centuries-long traditions of and passion for the sport true no i can agree with that so 
we get to move on to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking questions, even though my first question isn't really a deep thinking question, but I really want to hear your answers to these. Um, so Roberto, are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to hit you with three quick questions and I want your bold predictions on them. Okay. All right. So first one is going to be, do you think VAR is going to last? Second one is going to be, who do you think is going to win the Champions League this year? And then the third one is, who's going to win Euros this summer? Okay. Um, I'll start with the first one. I think as long as we're able to use utilize it properly, and I think just because the man the different type of referees are interpreting very very different fouls i think it will last but i i think that eventually if these mistakes continue to happen that we've been seeing across europe uh, and all around the world that we, we might see it get we might see it get rid uh get we might get rid of it uh very very soon so at the moment yes it, it's here to stay Secondly, uh, who do I think will win the Champions League? Uh, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I think there's always, you have your favorites. You have your, your Barcelonas, your Real Madrids, your Liverpools, your Manchester Cities, Bayern, even in the bad time they're in, PSG. Um, it's so, so early to, to predict, but I, I just think that because of what's going on in the Premier League for them, and I feel like there's only one team that's really, and we'll obviously we'll see what happens in Liverpool City game as this is recorded. Um, I, I think they have to give it to Manchester City to win this one. I just think that they realize that they have a world class manager in Pep Guardiola. They have a team that is full of depth. I think if they're able to fix their injury bug even more by the time that they head into the latter stages of the tournament. I think they're the one to, to beat. I think they really are, but you know, it's so unpredictable. I mean, it's, it's, it, I think now on the state of rate, I, I think I'm putting Manchester city as the favorite to win the champions league and who I believe will do it. And also I'm not saying that cause I, I'm also a Barcelona guy. So I really want Barcelona to win it as well. But I just think the team at the moment under Valverde it's not looking good that I see other teams uh, in the hunt even better and, and, and be much more prepared uh, than what Barcelona has been able to achieve. And the Euros, uh, I, I just think because of the depth that they have and, and you know, even when you look at that World Cup team, the fact that they left out some of their best players as well and they have a depth that's just continued to grow and grow playing across the world. I, I think it's going to be the world champions. I think France is going to win their Euros. I think they're going to win their first Euros in, would it be? It'd be 20 years, yeah, because they won it in 98, the, the World Cup, and they repeated it. Uh, they repeated the, um, they also won the Euros. So that's my team to beat. I think France is going to be uh, the champion of the, the Euros, but it's so even. I, I think England looks very good. I think Spain looks good. Italy, um, the Dutch as well with their resurgence, but I, I think there's no team. Uh, better across in Belgium as well, but I think there's no other team that I think has that depth and that uh, familiarity uh, and, and winners mentality would say than than France. And I, I do love that France shout. 
Um, so I think uh, moving forward, like uh, attacking wise, there are few teams that have as many superstars as they do. I would love to see them win again. Um, just just being a fan of soccer, not to say that I'm a, a huge supporter of France, um, the soccer team, but just uh, as a general fan of soccer, I would love to see them win. Um, but I just think they have all of their defenders um, is where I draw my biggest question. Um, they haven't been to form as they, they've seen them previously. Uh, Pavard um, hasn't been great with, uh, with Bayern. We haven't seen Varane do too well. Um, Hugo, Hugo Lloris injured now, but it was a shell of his former self. Um, I, I do think there's a, a lot of questions to ask with them defensively. Uh, and with the, the pep pick in City in the Champions League, it's been something that I've been anticipating for years now. Um, but, you know, Man City, sometimes when they, they hit the round of eight, round of four, it, they just crumble. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, and I'd love to see it. Uh, but, but transitioning into our second deep thinking question here, um, this is for all of our, our U.S. listeners out there. What are your opinions on the, the growth of the MLS? Um, I, I know we have Beckham opening up his team down in Miami that I'm super excited for. I think has one of the best logos um, in sports right now. Super dope. Um, we've just been blessed with the, the brilliance that is Zlatan. Um, Rooney just left. Uh, we still have Nani coming around, and we've just been linked um, with Suarez in the future as well. So there's a lot trending upwards uh, for, for MLS, but share a little bit of what your insight is for the, the future of the league and uh, it possibly losing its status as the retirement league. Oh, I think uh, I think what we've seen and what I've been able to, thankfully, I've been grateful to see. I think MLS grow in in three shapes. I think you have the MLS 1.0 that started in '96, where essentially it was, as you said, a retirement league. You had all these great players in the past coming in. Your Carlos Valderrama, Lota Mateos, um, you know th- those kind of players coming in and, and earning a, a final paycheck and, and trying to grow the soccer, the sport of soccer even more because of what happened in the '94 World Cup. And I think that changed until 2007, where MLS 2.0 happened. You know, you had your David Beckham's coming in to the LA Galaxy at, after coming from Real Madrid, a, a, a worldwide name, not just in sport, but I think in, in general, one of the most recognized figures in the world. Him coming to the United States to help grow the sport of soccer. Um, helped tremendously. I think that also influenced a lot of people around the world to start looking at this league even more seriously and realize that, you know, if Beckham can do it here, why can't I? And that's where your Robbie Keane's come in, your Thierry Henry's, you know, those kind of players come in. Um, and, 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 you know, your David Villa, Andrea Pirlo, uh, Kaká, those type of players. And then you have MLS 3.0. Um, and I think that was saw with uh, the first team being Atlanta United. You know, a team that comes in with an ambition of an ambitious manager like Tata Martino, uh, bringing in a lot of South American youth and, and these players from all across the continent and, and helping kickstart a passionate fan base that I don't think can really be matched at this moment right now, even though they did lose um, in the conference finals. Um, I, I think that's where we've seen the evolution of MLS grow. And yes, you do obviously still have your 
your your Slatan Ibrahimovic, but at the same time, you have your Carlos Vela, you have your Joseph Martinez, you know, you have those kind of players coming in at the prime of their career to MLS. And I feel as if, though, just because the sport is now being much more accepted, I think, yeah, it's still, I, I think the, I think we're just trying too hard to Americanize it very well. I mean, expansion teams is good because it allows teams to become more to to allow cities to to rally around a team that maybe aren't doing in other sports. We obviously saw that with Atlanta, um, but at the same time, I feel that it, it just it will just drag on so much that I feel like it's 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 not. It's not worth it because we're, we're trying to make it like the NBA with all these teams, or the MLB, or NFL, and that kind of stuff. And you know, you want to be different. You want to be different. You don't want to. You don't want to sell yourself out and, and try to imitate them and 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 make that them their their um, their measuring stick. So I, I think I, I think it's grown tremendously since I was probably like ten years old when I first heard of it. Um, until now at 21, uh, it's, it's evolved tremendously. And I think that it's here to stay, hopefully. And I'm confident that it will, I think with more interest and more, uh, eyeballs coming from across the world that we will start seeing the league become much more serious. But I just think we need to uproot its own passionate fan base from the ground up. Don't steal, but also don't copy too much and, and just Go with the flow, man. Just make it authentic and don't don't fuck it up is what I'm saying. <laughs> just, just make it authentic. Make it real. Try to, to have some sort of marketing that is able to catch, capture the probably the non-casual soccer fan or the casual fan that maybe just sees the Champions League every so often or, or, or a Premier League game or something like that. Make it stand out. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with what you said. And I love Atlanta United for everything mm-hmm. that they've done, but I hate them at the same time because living in Orlando and like we started <laughs> before Atlanta and we still have yet yeah. to make the playoffs. Um, we just suck when it comes to soccer and we have a really good fan base, but our team is just terrible. Um, and we're signing, we're signing the great players like the Kakas, the Nani's, et cetera. We just can't do anything with them. Um, but I do feel you with the whole expansion thing. I think they're taking it a little bit too far. Um, cause like Miami FC or I forget whatever they're, they're naming it now. Like that's been into Miami, into Miami. Yeah. Like they, that's been in the talks for like, however long that I can remember. Yeah. And, yeah. and when are they, do we know when they're supposed to be in the league? Uh, to still yeah, two years. I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's around there. So like we've got them, and then I know Austin FC is starting up. There's like a, a Nashville team. No, next yeah. year they start next year. No, no, Inter Miami starts next year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So Inter Miami, we've got Austin FC. You have, um, I think Nashville has a team now, and a couple others. And I think they're going too big, too quick. Um, and I just feel like if they did it more like the tier way of how like the premier league is or the La Liga or Bundesliga, any of the other major leagues where it's like the bottom three get demoted to the second league, the bottom, the top two get promoted to the, to the top league, et cetera. And staying away from like the NBA and NFL format would be the better route Stay to go. Because I think there's just, please, 
please. <laughs> I just think there's too many teams that are popping up. Yeah, there is. It's 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 ridiculous. Like, is Nashville like, really going to do that well? And then Minnesota FC this year too, I think. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it's interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of plays out. But that brings us to our last question. Before we ask it, where can everyone find you? Where can they figure out all your content and everything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So you could, you know, if, if you want to slide in my DMs or hit me up on anything, any aid, any support or whatever, just follow me on Twitter. That's the one where I speak the most about the sport and and I generally talk about almost anything. I mean, it's it's generally, I mean, I, I like to talk about other stuff as well. I mean, I mean, I have my other teams as well. Uh, not good ones, obviously, but <laughs> we... Uh, you can just follow me there on Twitter at Roberto Rojas 97. Um, obviously I have my own podcast, uh, called Little Bit football, which we have every sun, every Monday. Uh, you could follow that as well on Twitter. Um, and, and from there, yeah, that, that's generally it. I mean, I also have my website that you can follow me on. That's in my bio on the Twitter, uh, in my Twitter bio. And, and yeah, just, that's generally it, man. I just, <laughs> I just, do me and then just like relax and talk about other stuff. It's like, um, uh, who was it? Uh, it was like, it's like Kevin Durant on his, um, on his Twitter bio. Mm-hmm. I'm me, I do me and I chill, <laughs> you know, that, that's generally, that's generally my, my life motto at this point. I love it. So final question, what is a question that you wish that we asked you? Uh, Hmm. I don't know. That's a good one. Uh, uh, <laughs> why is Orlando so good? I guess maybe you could ask me that because I have I have one only one answer for that. <laughs> I am curious for that answer though. You want me to answer it? Of course. Yeah, I want to see yeah, what you're going to say. Uh, Disney. Disney. I mean, come on. It's 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 there for a reason. I think it's. I think that's just generally why it's so good. It's so it's so nice out there, man. It's so sunny every time I go there, and I've only been there like twice. It's just it, I just picture beautiful days and just like living there for the rest of my life. But obviously, we all have dreams. I mean, hey, man, it's a lot cheaper to live down here than Connecticut. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's nicer. Um, don't get me wrong. The weather's great. Disney is great, but you have sort of like the honeymoon phase of Disney. Um, mm. But it's it's a great place to live. It's just weird because it's in Florida, and Florida in itself is Florida. <laughs> so Orlando's kind of like an island in Florida, which is great because you don't get a lot of the craziness that comes with Florida. But it's a uh, it's an interesting because I I came down here after high school, so I've been here for like five years now. And yeah. I think Orlando's on the cusp of becoming a place that's not just theme parks. Um, business is starting to to grow like crazy. The tech scene is starting to grow. Um, our sports teams are slowly getting a little better. Um, uh-huh. Shout out to Orlando Magic making the playoffs last year. Orlando City just missing out this year. Um, so we're on the rise I think the, our sports team, once we get that figured out, then that's really going to be what brings that different sort of culture to, uh, to Orlando. So whenever you're down here, hit me up and we'll figure out a place to go. Me, you, and Michelle. I got you. I got you, man. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, of course. And Roberto, I just wanted to take a second to extend a huge young and dumb get your grind up. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your night uh, on a Friday night, nonetheless, and you know sharing your story with us. Love talking soccer, talking shop with you. Uh, again, thank you for uh, for showing up on the podcast for us tonight. Justin, Gary, thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. And honestly, uh, keep doing what you're doing. I think what you really are able to to make this podcast, in, in a way, I think it allows me to, to learn about it, given that we're both similar professions. I think it allows me to understand that, you know, it's about asking these questions that uh, – gives you great content i think it allows you to to really think through and to really uh in a way even get stumped as well as you definitely have um i think that's that's what matters so yeah keep up the keep up the good work guys and and i will as well Appreciate that, man. And for all of our listeners out there, if you want to learn a little bit more about Roberto, hop on our website, getchogrindup.com, or you can follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at getchogrindup. You guys already know we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Young and Dumb podcast. But for now, always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.